It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe and it's great to have you listening. In today's episode, we're discussing how to achieve operational excellence in an e-commerce business and the challenges of multiple marketplaces together with B2B e-commerce and more. Without the sponsors, the podcast wouldn't be possible, so please do check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. SendPro Online makes it easy to save time and money no matter what you ship or mail. Print shipping labels and stamps right from your desk. With the SendPro software, you can compare rates between shipping carriers and gain access to special USPS savings. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale, but only when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Ken Klein is CEO and co-founder at VHC Brands, wholesaling premium home decor. Think bedding, curtains, rugs and more. The business was founded in the 1980s and since 2015 has pivoted from using traditional sales channels into a B2B e-commerce operation with teams in the USA, India and China. In 2018, they achieved over $11 million in revenue. Hello, Ken. Hello, Chloe, and uh, thanks for having me today. It's great to have you on the show. Look, I've just given our listeners a quick overview of the VHC brands business, but what about you? How did you get started in e-commerce? That's a that's a great question. Uh, the 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 business started obviously selling to traditional retailers, and we uh, have scaled it up from small retail to mass retail and custom private programs, but. The, the landscape started shifting dramatically. As you know, Amazon was a leader and then some others. And there are a lot of great marketplaces out there. So we decided to try to pursue that. And there's a whole host of philosophical reasons there. And it has to do with whether or not you can achieve what you think is the best via a, a mass buyer telling you what to do and trying to curate what the end user wants. Or if you think that you can be uh, a thought leader on what the end user may want. And then you leverage the platform uh, to achieve uh, the scale. And so that's kind of the big shift we've made. Although we still have a lot of retailers we work with, small retailers and medium retailers, and e-com retailers that buy custom from us. Let, well, I'm going to get into why you chose to go e-commerce shortly, but let's let's tick some of the boxes off about the business before we do. So there, you were saying that you you're you're selling direct to consumers, and which platforms are you using to do that? Yeah, so that's a great question. We we launched on eBay just in the past six months. Uh, now we have had eBay partners uh, for many years prior, but they weren't selling the full spectrum of products. So we, we have three thousand plus SKUs. And uh, it was an issue of getting someone to offer the full bandwidth of the product line. So we are now doing that on eBay, as well as we still have partners on eBay that specialize. And then we also are on Amazon, although the majority of our Amazon business is actually selling to Amazon now, uh, Amazon Central in the US, not necessarily us marketing ourselves to the end user. Although... We do have quite a few SKUs that we're doing that with. So it's, it's, it's a hybrid model on the Amazon platform. Which seems these days to be the, the only way to tackle Amazon. 
is to, the bigger you get, the more hybrid you become. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, great point, and and I agree, and it, and for different reasons for different products, it's very interesting. Yeah, so we 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 tackle it both ways with Amazon. We're happy to work with Amazon, Amazon, and then we're happy to do things on our own where it's the more esoteric part of the product that maybe they. They either don't have the data or they don't want to get into or whatever. And we feel like we can make a market and then we offer it. And that that's worked out really well. And the other thing we've done with Amazon in years past, although we've kind of adjusted, is we were working with some third-party uh, vendors on Amazon that were quite large, that were really thought leaders and experts on leveraging the platform. But it turns out that with with our number of SKUs and the new launches we do every year, every year which is several hundred SKUs, it turns out that was that was too much bandwidth for even some large players to work with to get their mind around trying to wrap ramp product up all the time. So we, we decided to kind of do it ourselves or go the Amazon direct route. That's working out well. But but we're also on Walmart. We're also on House.com, which is a, a great platform here in the U.S. for specific to home goods. Uh, and there's a there's a few others, but then there there's the bandwidth on the wholesale side that we're really happy with as well in terms of Wayfair and JCPenney's and things like that. And do you sell, do you have your own website where you're selling to the consumers, or is it just the B two B e-commerce site that you've got running there? Yeah, we 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 actually don't operate our own Shopify a platform or anything, and and the reason why is not because we think it's a bad idea. Uh, it's a good idea in, in some ways, and it can be a branding experience. We do operate a you know wholesale website for our wholesale buyers that are niche buyers or independent retailers or whatever. So we do operate an, a wholesale website that's highly active with repeat orders, and that's on a, a pretty robust platform uh, that's a NetSuite platform, which is obviously a lot of people talk about Magento and uh, you know Shopify and all that for the direct-to-consumer scalable websites, which is great. Uh, but we had to have a pretty strong backbone for inventory and EDI management. And so we're on, we're on a NetSuite platform. We don't operate a retail store as a pl- separate platform because we're still in the phase of really optimizing the platforms that do have really large scale, you know, be it Wayfair or House.com or, or some of the other really large sites. So we're still in the phase of really trying to optimize all of our listings on those uh, platforms and then really scale up there as a top vendor. And then there's going to be some room and bandwidth for our own store possibly at some point. But the takeaway here would be, I, I think people should seriously consider the idea that you can leverage some of these great platforms and you don't necessarily have to have your own store per se, because many of them offer a model that you essentially can run your own store. It's not just Amazon that does that. And, uh, so, you know, um, that's what, that's the that's the path we've chosen. But we did have we do have a strong backbone with the NetSuite component for the, the high volume wholesale store. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's like you're using your own site to service the retailers, and then you're selling out across those various marketplaces and other platforms. And there's so much opportunity there that it's not yet worth adding your own B2C e-commerce site into the mix. But you're ready when that opportunity presents itself. Yeah. And the, and the thought there is that, you know, these companies have massive ad budgets for Google AdWords and search. And and then with on, even within the platform, you know, there's there's all kinds of organic search. And now some of them are adding paid search and, you know, like Amazon has and things like that. So, 
you know, but there's a lot of room to run there with people that have already figured out some portion of scale. And I think that's really the philosophical difference that we were trying to make was that, you know, we realize we can go out on our own because not everybody's going to offer all of our product. Uh, they're simply not going to do it uh, because there's a lot of different reasons why people can't offer that really broad bandwidth of product. But, but you know, by and large, between the mix of the top 20 or so, you can offer all your product. And so it's, it's just, it's, it's a good way to figure out your business without also figuring out how to scale a business model as e-com when other people are figuring out scale for you in the bin, in the billions and tens of billions of dollars. So that was really the, the philosophy behind what we're doing. And I'm not saying opening your own e-commerce store is wrong, but I am saying that people should seriously consider platforms like House and other areas where they already have a great platform. And, and it, it's a great way to leverage your brand as opposed to figuring out e-com at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I think it's one of those things which the grass is always greener. If you are a B2C e-commerce site only, you're like, oh, platforms look much easier than what I'm doing at the moment. And oh, having a retail physical retail store looks much easier than what I'm doing at the moment. And if you're on either of the others, you think the other one's got the winning spot. And the, I think the, the most important thing to realize is that each of them are a completely different business model. They require different skill sets, different management, different stock processes. So whilst there's a lot you can bring together, it, it's not just turning on a website. It's, it's opening a whole extra can of worms. Yeah, you end up splitting down your ability to focus your bandwidth and everything from how to run Facebook ads to attract top of funnel to, you know, how to have a better user experience to all that. So when you go one route, you're allowed to eliminate a lot of those questions. And then, but then you have to open up the bandwidth available to be a great vendor so that they don't, you know, give you bad marks or a bad scorecard or whatever. So, you know, both are valid paths. I just think that the quicker path, and I think a lot of people have proven this on Amazon. I mean, essentially, there's a million, you know, plus small businesses on Amazon and uh, they've people have been able to have a great life economically and to run their own business because Amazon's such a great platform. So, I mean, it's a perfect example. But even there, uh, I, our, our model, because we were so used to wholesale and so used to servicing retailers, there was a natural move into that. But there's huge white space for people available to, as a business to move into it as a wholesaler, even if you're already a retailer. There's just huge bandwidth available. And can you you touch there on the fact that you used to do the traditional B2B sales channels and now you've gone substantially e-commerce and made that decision back in 2015. So what what led to the business making that shift? Because it's, it's a huge shift to do. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, thank you. Uh, what it was, was the issue of, uh, let me say curation, and that's an odd term, but it definitely applies to uh, traditional retailers at all at all levels. All right. So the the curation was limiting the bandwidth for physical shelf space. If, if someone's curating our product, we're launching, say, a thousand SKUs a year and they decide they only need 20 or we develop for private label 50 ideas and they decide they only need three. Then there's this limitation by curation, which is very standard retail. It makes a lot of sense. And the other thing is the issue of 
style preference. And, you know, we could launch a product that we think is stylistically quite fine. And yet uh, the retailers don't have a functionality for it on their on their space because, you know, they're curating. And so when you move to these platforms, whether it's House or Wayfair or uh, some overstock.com, which is a bad name for a great retailer, by the way, <laughs> uh, they're not actually overstocked and they never have been. But the, the, the interesting thing is these platforms are totally agnostic and they're happy or not happy or don't care that you launched 500 or 1,000 new SKUs. They don't care that you added 600 Christmas SKUs. Uh, there is an element at some level of what's the bandwidth of digital shelf space because, you know, there's only so much that people are willing to thumb through or look through or how many pages or whatever. No one gets to page 20, you know. But, you know, by and large, uh, there's a much greater ability for us to flex our ability to bring product in and stock it and ship it well if you if you go to these platforms where there's not the curation element. And so that's really has been kind of the turning point for us where, and this gets into a much bigger topic where it's not up to the retailer to decide if you can be successful now. It's completely up to you to decide to be successful. So all of the opportunity and all of the burden now falls on the wholesale vendor as opposed to the, the classic model of I did my job. I brought it in for you and cleared customs and delivered to your distribution center. Now the rest is up to you and hope it works out. This, this allowed us the ability to say, we think we have a great product that a lot of people out there are going to really like if they can see it and get their hands on it. And so uh, it worked out really well to go that route. And uh, we're really happy that we did that. Uh, you know, there is an element of having too much product. And so we, you know, I mean, we have gone through the phase of, you know, we topped out at 5,000 plus SKUs and we just, for, for everything from like doing the listings intelligently to getting the photography done, now we're adding video to product, which is, you know, again, rich content, adding other kinds of rich content that Amazon calls it A-list content or whatever, and other websites have similar kind of thoughts there. You know, it, it gets to be this gigantic encyclopedic, you know, project every time you launch new products. So, you know, we are learning that, hey, 2,500 SKUs is, is fine, not 5,000, and then try to figure out the search engines and everything else. So, yeah, there is a limit. But I would say that, you know, there, and I get the model of people that they have one widget and that one widget they sell like crazy and have 4 billion interview, um, 4 billion reviews or whatever. That, that in home decor, it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, we are going through the idea and fi we're finding our space between. We want to offer really broad selection, not crazy broad, but we want to offer broad selection. Our product tends to all be on the higher price points, and we don't make any apologies for that. That's another issue where retailers would say, well, I don't know if the price is too high or I'm a little, you know, I'm concerned about this or that or the other. I don't know if my margins are going to be there. Well, you can get out there in the long tail theory, whether it's Amazon or whoever, and you can say, well, this is a great format to test in the big wide world, whether or not this is a viable idea. And and uh, we really like that. It's no holds barred as far as the opportunity, but it does force you to, you know, I mean, people are, people are going to give you reviews and they're going to be, you know, you're going to learn a lot from those reviews. So really that was the idea. I think that's a long answer to a short question. I apologize, but that's really kind of was the, that was without explaining the minutia and the, and the how the decision-making, 
that's the philosophy behind is like, hey, it's up to us now, which that's a great opportunity now that it's up to us. You can't, there's no excuses now, you know. So if you've gone from a straightforward B2B sales model and you've gone into a model where you are uh, dealing with multiple different platforms with all their different requirements, their different systems, different customer service needs, their different um, agent needs, their different formats for the website and all the rest of it, that creates quite an operational challenge, doesn't it? How have you gone about conquering that one? Mm, yeah, very perceptive question. Thank you. Uh, and we, we did something very unique uh, uh, back in 2015, which we saw pretty quickly that these 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 formats will give you what they call a template, which is this laborious, gigantic spreadsheet to fill out to so you qualify. And then we started, you know, and that that becomes in the wholesale business. And I, we've talked to enough different uh, hundreds of companies, uh, you know, around the country and different people we know and things like that. That that tends to be a big sticking point for everyone is like, oh, my gosh, you know, there's another gigantic template to figure out. Well, um, our answer to that was to look for the common element across the spectrum and create what we called core data, which we said everyone's asking for this kind of particular lifestyle shot and everyone's asking for the blurb and everyone's asking for what's the fill content and everyone's asking, do you meet flammability requirements in Cambodia? Yes or no. You know, I mean, that kind of esoteric, they all ask these weird questions, whether it's 300 dots to fill in or 50 dots to fill in. And so we, we very quickly decided let's codify the data. And instead of wait for someone to ask for the data, Let's go ahead and create the data as part of the product development process. And then the data is sitting in what we call our core data file. And then we cherry pick from that core data to fill in their template. Which, of course, makes the whole process so much easier because you've actually recorded the information at the beginning. You're not scrabbling around after it's arrived at the warehouse going, what are we calling this one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we now in that process of the templates and then the conversations with, uh, you know, Zulily or uh, Wayfair or whoever, you know, the conversation becomes, ah, but you filled in the blanks. Um, but now, you know, you've, you're using this word to describe this product that says uh, coastal for example, because it's a bright quilt that you want to sell on in Florida or whatever. And in fact, the search term beachy is, you know, nine times bigger. So you you have messed up this thing and you've called it coastal when no one searches for coastal and they're searching for beach. So th there was this other learning. We're filling in the blank, but then the filling in the blank intelligently became the other big mountain to climb. We've learned a lot in three years on that about a best practice in search optimization, which people think search, they think Google and they think Amazon, but really it's search within the platform, you know, uh, because they're, they're, everyone's got the same problem regardless of the size of their platform by and large. I'm talking about, when I say everyone, I'm not talking about a super small niche retail. I'm talking about people with a platform that might be doing a billion dollars plus or whatever, like Home Depot or whatever. And they're all a little bit different as well, aren't they? Which is the other challenge. Yeah. So I'll tell you what we did. And this is a this was coming at the end of the interview question. Uh, one of the questions you had for me. But so we we started developing this core data and we housed it inside of a, 
a, you know, a SaaS platform. And it became this really giant file because it's all of the images, which there's, you know, a minimum three to seven images per SKU. And then, then there's all the data. Then there's all the, the data that's the romance copy, the editorial, the this and that. Yeah. Okay. So then we, we started looking around and saying, you know, surely someone else has this problem. And so we started doing this research after we had codified and named it core data and we thought we were, you know, pretty smart and whatnot. A um, lot of smart bumps. And then we came across a platform um, that um, is called Salsify. And Salsify is a, 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 a software as a service platform that basically gets the templates from the mass retailers, whether it's Amazon or Walmart or whoever, and it you input your data onto the template on this platform. But the beauty of it is the platform tells you up front before you go live that, hey, this is a bad keyword or this is not optimized. And they give you this very clean scorecard. So it's it's pretty awesome because like on one hand, we could say, well, we're filling in the blank on the metric of having five to seven images. You know, we're scoring a 97 percent or above. But on the metric of to give my example, coastal versus beachy, you know, we're, we're failing. We're scoring a 70 percent or a 60 percent or something you know, really bad. So the platform actually helps you learn. And then the other thing is it flags you when you haven't quite done something correctly, which in the olden times, in medieval times, in 2015, so to speak, uh, you know, we we would go out there and we would fill in the template and launch it. And then you find out weeks later that that piece of the data didn't work and it screwed up the listing and no one said anything and no one did anything. So the, the beauty of Salsify, and I'm not a Salsify, I'm like, like, I'm not selling Salsify. I'm just saying that for, you know, for our level, it was like, ah, you know, the spaceship landed and the aliens have like said, your civilization is backwards and, you know, do better. It was this amazing, like, you know, thing. but we had to go out and find Salsify. That's what's the strange thing is I talk about this and people go, oh, very few people go, oh, of course, you know, Salsify. And yet it, it is the go-to platform for what we're trying to do. And they keep going because of critical mass, they keep going out there and, grabbing the template. The other thing they do is they they update the templates as opposed to Wayfair updated their templates and didn't bother to tell you as a vendor. And it's crazy. So it auto it pushes out to you and says, hey, this has been updated. The other thing you can do that's awesome is you can, and this gets over a major hurdle of being instead of a monk in a monastery writing next to 20 other monks, it's actually kind of actually e-commerce you can make an adjustment to your common data in Salsify and it can push out to all those templates. And then the next day you've corrected that little issue across every platform. So it's, and, and I would say, now we went with Enterprise Edition uh, Salsify, which is, uh, you know, mid, you know, five figures in the U.S. It was not a, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was cheap. I would not say that it was expensive given the the personnel and the management time otherwise to get this kind of functionality out there. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Ken, I was going to say, the, it seems to me that there are there's kind of like two sides to 
reaching a point of operational excellence. And one side is what you do internally, so your processes and the training of your people. And the other side is the technology systems that you choose and implement. And given you, you know, you spent many years working on this, which would you say is the more important? Wow, great question. And you could really go down a philosophical TED talk. I mean, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Because here's the deal. And this, I was just thinking about this last night, thinking about the interview and getting ready. And I just uh, half, I half read Seth Godin's new book, This Is Marketing. And I half read it because I showed my wife and she swiped it from me and hasn't given it back. So I, I, I showed her on the plane on Lufthansa coming back. I said, hey, Seth is saying some really serious gospel he's giving us here, you know. And she read two pages and swiped it and said, you're not getting this back. I'm, I'm going to read this. So, but, you know, he makes this point of show up. Like first, show up. Make a commitment to yourself to show up. So how does that apply to me before we had Salsify, before we had, you know, a lot of these hooks and the software stack that we now have, which we can talk about. What we decided on the front end, and we didn't know any better, Chloe, this is the funny part. This is what's funny, is we're known as being insanely fast and accurate on shipping. Most of our orders go out same day, and it can be thousands and thousands of orders. Most of them go out same day. All of them go out within 24 hours. It's very rare for an order to not go out. Now I'm talking about a, a spot order. I'm not talking about an order that somebody says, please don't ship this till September, you know. But uh, th- that, we didn't know any better. We thought getting it out the door really fast was really smart because we could invoice it that fast. So we, we have this business practice of the faster I ship you, the quicker I can invoice you. And that must look good for me. We didn't know that most people don't do that, and it became a differentiator for us. So when you go talk to these platforms and you say, they say, well, can you, can you ship? Well, what do you mean, can we ship? Well, how fast can you ship? Well, most orders are same day, and they kind of scoff at you and say, no, they're not. And, and we say, well, yeah, they are. We, that's how we, we didn't know not to do that. We're in the Midwest in the U.S. We wake up early. We still eat scrambled eggs and bacon and we work hard. We didn't know you didn't do it fast. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we do. We wake up and do it fast. And and that my point with the Seth Godin thing and, you know, not that I know one billionth of what Seth Godin has to say. He's, he's a brilliant guy. But this issue of show up operationally was what I was driving at. Literally, operational excellence is not just, well, if you would give me this great software platform, then maybe I could perform. Or if if the rain, you don't always have to chase the rainbows. Look for the low-hanging fruit, you know, and the low-hanging fruit is the stuff in your control. You know, is the product being shipped very fast? Is the product being shipped in a nice, clean new box? Is it is the product being shipped extremely accurately? And the funny thing is, Chloe, these sound like basic issues. I have talked to hundreds of, of different kinds of entities on the on the vendor side and the retailer side, and I have found out that that's not normal. And it's it's fascinating to me because it's just not that hard. It, but people don't take it that seriously because in the wholesale model, in the classic wholesale model, it was about getting the sale. It wasn't about speed of the transaction. It never because that was the retailer's problem, right? Before we get into the top tips round, one quick answer to this one, it is, do you think it's people 
and processes or it's the software that is the place you should start? Just a one one sentence answer. I'm, I have to say people and process. I, I have to. I'm such a big I'm such a big believer in the passion of your team to drive results. Software doesn't have the passion that your team has to drive results. Software doesn't get excited about great results, you know. Uh, and and you, you have to start that. All great ideas start with that. They don't start with artificial intelligence and SaaS. They don't. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you paying too much to send out packages and letters? Wouldn't it be nice to have a solution that can give you the lowest rates? With SendPro Online, it's easy to save time and money no matter what you send, from packages to overnights and letters. Easily compare USPS, UPS and FedEx rates all in one online tool. Gain access to special USPS savings for letters and priority mail shipping. Print shipping labels and stamps from your own printer. Track all of your shipments and get email notifications when they've arrived. SendPro Online is only $14.99 per month. And for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you can get a free 30-day trial to get you started, plus a free £10 scale to help you accurately weigh your packages. Visit pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer. That's pb.com slash master plan. Experience the better way to ship with a free trial of SendPro Online. It's time for the top tips round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Ken, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? You know, uh, that's another 30 minute segment there. Sorry, but I have just revisited my immense enjoyment uh, with the blue ocean theory and they have a new book, you know, uh, that whole theory of blue ocean marketing, which is that go where your competition isn't and reap generous rewards. And we've moved our product up market and we've moved our pricing up market and that's worked out extremely well for us. Excellent. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, we, you know, I, I know on your podcast, you talk a lot about email and it's under under loved. And I completely agree with that. Uh, and even a modest return on email because it's so repetitive is just great. But we just implemented HubSpot. So we're super excited about that. So we're going to see where that goes, take where that takes us. Nice. OK, then the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yes. And it's very scalable. We use Smartsheet, which is a cloud app that organizes big projects and forces people to do their part. And we love Smartsheet. Excellent. I'm going to have to check that one out. I've not come across that one. And anything which makes people do what they're supposed to do sounds good to me. (laughs) Um, Okay, the growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, I'll sum up what I said earlier. I, I would say operational excellence. Just take it very seriously. Don't poke at it and don't say I'll get to it later. Take operational excellence very seriously in everything you do. That's the only way we've survived. 
That is great advice. Okay, Ken, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yes. Now, I invented the European law of you can't find me. So that's a little bit. <laughs> so I, I am. I have. I have not opted for social media personally. And it's nothing weird. I just, it's a time management issue. But if you go to vhcbrands.com, you can definitely reach out to us and you can find me. The, the, my staff will get to me. And I'm happy to talk to someone if they say, you know, just give me some more information about your path because I found it interesting in terms of as a wholesaler, as a retailer that I think I can sell some at wholesale or whatever. That's the best way to reach out to us is vhcbrands.com. Marvellous. Well, Ken, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today on the podcast. So thank you for sharing so much with us. It's been it's been awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Chloe. Appreciate it. What a wealth of knowledge uh, Ken has there. I guess the key takeaway is never neglect the internal people and processes and systems. Not to dive into a new business model without really thinking it through first and strive for that operational excellence, it remains a, uh, a competition beater. Now, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And Ken is on the show today because he's a fan of the show and got in touch asking to be a guest. If you'd like to follow in his footsteps, go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast and click on the link to become a guest. Simple as that. I hope you have a good week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.